Some of you have seen the, uh, the video of the uh, Sky High, and if, if the guys up in the control room can bring that one up. This is the, this is not, this is the third one. We're going to save that one for a little bit later. Oh. That one. How much does a CRC light rail crossing project cost in dollars? Well, if we got a measuring tool that's $100 million per foot, that's about a foot. That's uh, about how much money the Hoover Dam bypass costs. They built that last year, $114 million. Well, the 205, we paid $169 million. That's about two feet. So bring it up to about two feet. That's how much it costs to build the 205. Well, if we want to be able to build a new bridge across the 192nd Avenue, that's about $400 million, so that's about here. That's four feet, $100 million per foot. Now let's see how much this costs in comparison for the CRC light rail crossing project. $3,600 million. That'd be 36 feet. Well, that's up a uh, ways here. <laughs> okay, but that's the cash price. We're not paying cash. We're going to finance that, so we got interest fees, we got finance charges, and we're going to pay for that baby over 30 years, and so that's going to cost us $8,700 million, and that ends up being 87 feet in the air. So let me ask you, is the CRC light rail crossing project sky high, or what? <laughs> talked about the 192nd Avenue bridge in that and that's what this what we've done is we've contracted with the company in Portland and we have a rendering of a 192nd Avenue bridge so what we have here is this is 205 running down the 14 as we go east on 14 we have this new bridge that we're proposing here we have it teeing into 192nd 192nd just tees right there, and we can go right across here. We can take one hop off the tip of that island, and most of the hops end up being along the land routes. Two lanes on and off so that people can, rather than go through the 205, they can take this shortcut, and we have, we're proposing four lanes each direction with bike and pedestrian on each side, and that would be recessed below and covered from the traffic and on the other side here we can either have Sandy Boulevard or Airport Way or Air, uh, 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 Marine Drive as we rotate around here you'll see looking from uh, Gresham uh, toward 192nd toward Clark County here this is the, uh, a proposed bridge where we have islands that work in our favor so we can, in a few seconds, you'll see a, there you go. If you can freeze the video there for a moment. Uh, what we have here is a bridge that is very buildable. We've consulted with bridge engineers to know that this is buildable. And one thing nice about this is that we can minimize the environmental impact because these islands here, it's much less impactful for the environment to put the supports for the bridge there. And so there's just a minimal amount within the river itself. So this would be a, a, a savings, a significant savings when it comes to all this, this East County growth. The idea there is to fuel economic growth in this area. So this is something that if they 
Uh, first of all, know that we are not opposed to growth. We're not opposed to progress. We're not opposed to bridge. The 192nd Avenue Bridge is something that we don't need to do years and years of study. We don't need to pay hundreds of millions in all of this. We can build. It's a very similar arrangement as the 205. And private industry can build bridges much more effectively than a government bureaucracy. So the idea there would, <laughs> would be to open this up to private industry, invite them in, help them propose this, and they can do this with the reward that the one that comes up with the best design that can nail this down, they can allow us to choose and to work with them on that, and then we get the most bang for the buck. So I am a proponent for the 192nd Avenue Bridge to connect a third bridge between Clark County and Oregon, and also a fourth bridge, west side. You'll hear more about that in a little bit later. And we, the, if we end up going through the sky-high cost just to rebuild one bridge with light rail, we will not be able to do a fourth and a fifth, a third, fourth, and fifth bridge. So the solution is for us to get engaged, for us to ensure that we can build something because we are part of the solution. We cannot leave this to those that come in and want to be able to just simply sell services. We are the customers. Let's participate in that. With that. If we can have the uh, tech guys tap this computer here, I'm going to show you a couple of pictures and give you some perspective. Okay, we snapped this picture earlier, in the, about a week ago. This is a 205. And as you zoom in here, you'll see that we have three lanes going north and south. And when, first of all, Glenn Jackson, we really owe a tribute to him for the foresight that he brought in creating the 205. Because when he created the 205, he put aside land for expansion. And that's this area in between here. We've got a, a belt so that as the capacity, need for capacity grows, you can add one, two, or in some cases, three lanes. Well, when you are sitting there in that traffic, in three lanes of traffic that hasn't grown since it was created, Take a look to your left if you're uh, into this area, in the middle here, and see what has become of that room to expand in extra lanes. We see here, light rail has taken that space. So you see, look, look a little bit further here. So we have this lane here. This is what comes in from 84 as we join that into three lanes of 205. This could be a two-lane feeder, but it wouldn't make sense of two lanes if you're still going to cram it into three lanes here. And so let's follow this back and take a look and say this is the 84, and it goes back as far as we can see here. So what's wrong with this picture? So let me ask you, is light rail the solution to congestion, or is it really doing the exact opposite? Is it actually boxing us in in consuming the space for extra lanes. When you create a freeway like this, they grade these areas so that it's very quick 
and easy and low cost to add extra traffic lanes. But in this case, if we can fit anything in there, it's going to be a big deal in order to try to get relief for con congestion. I am not aware of any plans to, uh, to, for us to increase the capacity of the 205 in, on the south side of the river. We still have that capacity on the north side of the river, and hopefully we won't consume that with light rail. Uh, there's another picture here. This is the 84. Uh, I believe it's the 84. You notice that we have three lanes again each direction. This is a merging lane that goes away. And in fact, they've even consumed the center shoulder. So that's as far as you can expand that. So we are locked on the 84. But take a look here adjacent. All of this extra reserve here has been consumed by light rail. This is almost as wide as this. So rather than add one or two lanes in each direction to increase the traffic flow, they've actually eaten that space with light rail. And so we are locked into what in the world are you going to do to increase the capacity of the 84? It is going to be a major work if you can do it at all. That's what makes these projects so expensive when you eat what was already set aside. Uh, that foresight of reserving extra space was there for a purpose, but it appears to be misappropriated for light rail. So when, I just wanted, when you drive, and you drive on the Oregon side of the river, look at the 84, look at the 5, look at the 205, when you are sitting there in traffic, in congestion, and say, why don't we have extra lanes here? And take a look and see, has light rail consumed that space, or has it solved the problem? All right. Thank you, David.